Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Anor with us today, who's a digital artist and someone I'm very excited to speak to. Anor, how are you doing? I'm fine, Tom. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you too. Anor, can we start off by you telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your career to date, please? Um, Yeah, so um, I started off in um, way back in 2001. at, uh, I was in Cork Institute of Technology, Munster Technology University now, um, in Crawford Art College in Design as a fine art student. And I got my degree there and I went in and joined Cork's Red FM, which is one of the biggest local radio stations um, in Cork. Um, but actually, it wasn't when I joined. It was only three years um, old when I joined Red FM. And um, I started with them as, as advertising campaigns, sponsorship, digital campaigns, then when digital came on the scene. Um, and basically I was selling promotions that would involve on-air campaigns and then included the um, social media because Red FM social media at the time was a very youth station. Um, it was very, uh, very strong and we started doing campaigns there. Um, I was with them for 15 years, so I really saw the development of social media through Red FM as well, and it was a really fun time. Um, I decided to grow up then, and um, I said I'd go and join the Delata Hotels group um, as business development manager. Um, in that time as well, I went to the College of Commerce and I did digital marketing um, uh, level there, level six there, um, in 2013, uh, when it was all still relatively new in the commercial sense. Um, so it was something I brought with me and I liked giving that to clients as well at the time. So then I went, when I went to Delato Hotels, um, I, w- it was just COVID hit and I was like, oh, right, well, I can't join the hotel right now. So, um, an opportunity came up, um, that I saw there was a postgrad, um, that I had to apply for, for the University College Cork, um, level nine, um, so equivalent to a master's um, in digital arts and humanities. And I said, you know what, I'll apply. And I put everything into it and I was um, given, the, given the space and I had the year off anyway because of COVID. So I learned everything there from from data visualization to digital arts. And I started using my fine art skills in there and all my social skills, social media skills. So um, Delata saw this and to be fair to them, they asked me to be digital marketing manager for two hotels um, because they're all opening up again. And I had to make the decision there and then, and it was was very fast. And um, I was like, oh my God. So it was like, I said, okay. So I took on the role and uh, before I knew it, I was managing 10 social channels between the two hotels, um, between Twitter, LinkedIn, and the, I was looking, I was working with two digital agencies as well, um, because the two hotels were, even though they're under Delata, it was the Maldron Hotels and the Clayton Hotels. So they had different um, digital marketing agencies as well to work with. So different websites, arrangements, um, different, everything was so different from the both of them, even though they're under the same umbrella. So that was just a blur and I did that for nine months, um, 10 months um, and I did it really successfully. We came up with some really great campaigns like 
sustainability campaigns, um, sustainability campaigns, um, where we, you know, asked um, guests to um, uh, come onto our social pages and um, after they stayed with us and we gave them a pot and a plant and then, then the children went off, they planted their, sun, planted their sunflowers and then they would post uh, digitally their pictures of their sunflowers in the development and then um, we basically awarded them with the free stay for the best sunflowers so we got some lovely entries on that and it just was great for the theme of the time sustainability yeah. and um, it just it kind of blew up there and um, it was great. And then um, I went off and I became a market development manager for the Delata Hotels. And that included the outdoor eating area. And I had to promote that. Um, so uh, different markets, of the hotel, I had to go through digital, um, through their digital sites. And uh, we decided to get the big artist, Peter Martin, well-renowned artist now, Peter Martin, street artist. And um, we had the talks with him and then we talked to the council and we used our contacts there. Um, so it was great working with a progressive GM like Robert McCarthy at the time. Um, he said, look, Honor, you have the brains and the contacts to do this. Just get it done and, um, and put it all over the social feeds and push it, the hotel as the new modern hotel in the city with this sort of uh, new location and so we did and um, we got the funding from the council and then we set up two big um, street um, artists with Pete Martin and we came up with designs of portraying the history of Cork of the South Mall and uh, we put it down, uh, Peter Martin got them painted and I put it all through the social and uh, it just became a tourist attraction and it did draw a lot of attention to our social feeds and to the hotel itself. Um, so when I had that done, um, I was approached, um, the Maribor, um, and, uh, I knew Mary Bernard, she's the sales and marketing director here in the Maribor, and it's a lovely four-star luxury hotel. Um, so I, just, uh, Mary said, would you, do, are you looking for a, a role? And I said, I would, um, but it needs to fit with what I'm doing personally. And she asked what that was. And I said, look, I'm trying to set up my own little business which is um called creative assets which is basically digital art and selling digital art and and drawing producing and selling digital art and uh, she goes well we came up with like okay you only live down the road from the Maribor you could do four days here and you could concentrate on your own work um on your own time and they'll both feed into each other and uh we were, I was thinking yeah that's great so we shook hands and I'm here now and here I am now um, with the Maribor Hotel. Love it. Maribor and uh, what would you see as your main strength in digital at the moment, presently and all? Uh, my main strength, I think, is definitely would be social media and able to push um, whatever um, incentive we have here um, and basically market any product or any artwork actually as well through the social feeds um organically and paid um i i find that um i also i i'm in the middle of developing my own website um from scratch um and i just find that my strengths are you know doing things a little bit differently i mean i know we all say we do things a bit differently but i think when when you're an artist a true artist like you always think creatively anyway and you know outside the box and you know what it's not caring what people say if you're in a 
massive meeting with a load of people and you go, well, I think this would be a great idea. And they're all looking at you as if you have two heads. And um, that, But then it's getting the trust of these people and then actually executing the projects and they really come to fruition. But definitely social media and um, being able to create good content across social media, I think, is and different content um, and but keep me unified to the brand. So yeah, it's that would be my biggest strength, Tom. And you've already spoken about great campaign work you've done in the past with the Sunflower example. Yeah. Is there any other campaign work or stuff that you'd like to talk about, especially integrating your social media and kind of your Ooh. artful eye? Is there anything you're really proud of? Um, yeah, I suppose there's many over the years. Um, I think even back in the day when I was working with Red FM, when there was no rules back then on social media, it was fab. It was so much fun. Um, like there was things like, you know, I did a lot of stuff with the Metropole Hotel as well because they were clients of mine. Um, they were the hub of the jazz. And um, at the time, there, as I said, social media was so new. And uh, we decided we come up with and integrate a lot of social media into um, into these new campaigns. And um, when they're going out on the radio, we'd mentioned that it was also on our social feeds. And then I'd also um, push in, like we'd make videos um, of the Metropole and then I'd ask the Metropole for a prize halfway through the video. But this, all this was never kind of done before. Um, so I was, uh, I, it was all new or I would go, well, we'll ask a question and people have to answer, but the answer's in the video. And the people were kind of stunned going, what do you mean? Like people aren't going to watch a video. Well, they will if they're going to get a night's stay, a and b and dinner, do you know? Yeah. So um, I said, but the answer will have to be uh, like, you know, uh, 30 seconds into the into the um, video so they actually had the audience had to watch it and it got massive traction and massive amount of likes um it's still out there actually to this day and then we kind of adapted it then the following year um so all these things were relatively new and i think um even today now um the most recent one there we did the christmas campaign here with um vouchers christmas vouchers for the marabur here um now they had a very good sort of structure in place as was i was just adding on to it um so we'd have a cyber campaign and they had that kind of already organized and then we'd push through the cyber but cyber early access was i'll say the 18th of november on then we would hit cyber and then we'd hit um sorry black friday then we'd hit cyber and then we go have to go straight into christmas vouchers now the problem with that is where you make you know, everyone wants the 25% added value on their voucher during the cyber promotion. But then straight after that, you're going to Christmas and then that discount is taken away. So how do you keep the traction up uh, was the challenge. And the 12 days of Christmas um, giveaway is obviously one one idea. Now, many hotels do that, but it's, it's all logistically planned. I mean, when do you do your 12 days? Like, I, I, I did approach them and say, look, we're not going to do it straight after the cyber campaign. They're going to wait um, just at the peak of Christmas shopping, which is usually the two weeks um, previous Christmas. Now, like you're watching sales from cyber be massive and then just decline dramatically for the first couple of days after cyber campaign ends into the Christmas campaign. But when we started doing the giveaway, the giveaway idea was not just give away anything, we give away um, what you could buy with a voucher from the Maribor Hotel. So one, day one would be an afternoon tea. Day two would be a 50 euro voucher. Day three would be, you know, 
um, stay, stay, a luxury stay at the at uh, our dinner at the Bellini's restaurant and stuff like that. So each day had a good prize value, but it was reflective of what we're trying to sell. So um, it was all connected. And um, we actually exceeded 2019's Christmas voucher sales, um, which is massive. Um, so I presume the targets next year are going to be even bigger again. But, you know, um, we'd have to come up with some other idea. But um, that's what I uh, that's what I love. I love um, data as well. And I like figuring it out. And I like figuring how people think why they buy something online. Um, I've noticed, um, and you probably noticed this as well, and people who are listening probably have, I've noticed that stories on Instagram have given so much um, easy access to, uh, to sell things. So for instance, with the link attachment. So what I've noticed is like, I do it myself. Um, where I buy something, if the link is there in the stories, I will press it, you know, if it's something that I want, um, just to even have a look. And I think that is a real improvement in the last um, two years anyway, um, of, for selling things online. Um, obviously having a trustworthy a brand to work with and start with, but if you have easy links like that um, and a really good content, that is a matter of 10 seconds that people want and then you can click through and it's so easy and making that transition from seeing your um, image to buying that product and um, if you make it as easy as possible no third step or anything um, I think that's one of the key successes as I was saying um, what I think I, I, I'm good at Love that and um, to, to add on that is there any softwares that you use as a go-to to help you with a lot of your social work? Yeah, definitely Canva. Um, and I think um, I was listening to others of your interviewees and um, Canva is a very strong and very good. Um, I like iMovies too, you know. Um, I like the simplicity of it. Um, and I like um, I like when then I'm doing social media paid campaigns or planner. Um, I like Business Suite or Business Manager. Um, I just find that... Um, easy to use and I like that and I don't know if many people know this but like the, I like the fact that the Canva has app has and and so does Business Suite has an app and because like you know you're not always on the desk at every moment in time like I could be planning um, some organic campaigns there you know organic posts there from my from my couch, you know, um, and doing it on my app on my phone um, because I've already got the content already created. So it, it's things like that. You go, oh, yeah, maybe that needs another push. You know, maybe that wedding showcase needs another push. You know what? I'm going to sign one on the Canva there on my phone. And in two minutes, I have one done and out it goes. Um, so I think those are very important and uh, to knowing that all these um, applications now have an app. Um, and in the digital art world, then I do Sketchbook. Um, and sketchbook, I love sketchbook. And yet again, another simplicity one. And that's the one I learned from UCC actually, um, as free software. Um, so, and it's, it's just when I started using sketchbook, um, you know, the fine art, it's very hard for a fine artist to, um, the traditional fine artist to actually go, right, I'm going to actually invest in a new iPad um, and, a, and a new iPad pencil. And I'm going to do this, you know, and um and then, then once you do, though, once you have these applications and these programs, you realize, you know, like they're just an aid to help you in anything you do. Like your creative 
is you, you know, you're the creative person. The, the computer is only just an aid, you know? So the programs are an aid and a way to help you. So I just think that, you know, I just I try to discover as many programs as I can. And there are so many of them out there, obviously, but, um, it get good at one. And then it's it, a lot of the applications, a lot of the programs are the same on each software, you know? So yeah, yeah it's, just learning all the time yeah and that nicely leads on to my next question or which is is there any websites or publications or anything where you go for new information or social medias or anything is there any advice you can give our listeners of where to go to get new insights yeah definitely um like um i i, I think we all forget when we keep looking as i call it rabbit holes you know we open up one application we're down that rabbit hole and you know we're forgotten what we're actually doing there but i think linkedin is actually fabulous um for the uh, vimo ad role and you know all these uh digital marketing institute they all they all post um uh, more information all the time i mean you can get lost in the amount of information but like i just think i've noticed linkedin is actually really coming up there with them uh, more um precise good information from replicable places um uh, but i definitely would say uh, just to keep watching out for linkedin and going through that and as i said vimo and adroll and all these pe- people who post up every day really well said to add to that is there any areas that you're focused on upskilling into at the moment and why yeah so um i'm looking into nfts as i was saying non-fungible tokens and um ai but uh, fine tuning. So my whole thing behind this is like I set up creative assets because I want to fine tune my traditional drawing and incorporate it even into the digital. So to do that, like I had to look into this kind of area. And um, I think what shocked me the most is when you do this, um, that, that, that there's so many illustrators out there now at the moment who are very seem to be very scared. I don't know if you've seen it yourself of um, AI. Um, and I'm just like, to me as an artist, it mind boggles me to be scared of anything new. Um, it's so like, with, you shouldn't be scared of anything. Like I see them trying to ban the development of AI. And what I've learned is that AI is just new technology that can, can aid the artist, you know, the true skill and the development of the learning of the old and the new and forming your own creation, you know? So AI is not a sentient being and doesn't feel what we feel. But if we use the linear thinking of um, AI and, you know, the lateral thinking of a creative mind like an artist, we can bring forth new art and illustration. And it kind of scares me to see people wanting to stand still and call for the ban and moderation of art. Like that is so far removed from the liberal creative mindset of any true artist, like like Andy Warhol and Vermeer and many artists were ostracized from the art world because of this, you know, Um, like you can't stop AI, right? It's there. Yes, we can kind of look at protecting ourselves. Uh, I know people go on about plagiarism and, you know, copywriting, etc. But you all have to remember like that uh, every idea has stemmed from another idea. That's what it's all about, bringing everything together. Um, so I've looked into this more and more and it, because it's so new and I get it, like people are scared of losing their jobs or whatever, but for society to move on in the creative world, um, we always have to, you know, like photography went through this, you know, uh, graphic designers have gone through this. Um, 
it's, it's just, it's here now in the art world and that's something we have to keep a look at. And, um, and I think with NFTs, um, there is a way, like with an NFT, a non-fungible token, it is a way of owning art, right? So like, it, it is a way that you're on the blockchain, you know? So like with people so scared of AI, maybe they should look at a at an AI and NFT together and see if there's probably a solution there for this fear. Yeah, well, like my next question would be about emerging tech and, and, and different areas that are coming in digital, but I think you're hitting on two of the major ones at the moment. Mm. Obviously, OpenAI is 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 ChatGPT uh, platform you're using mm-hmm. at the moment. Is that something you're actively exploring the the whole OpenAI area? Yeah, it is. It's like um, the, well, at the moment, uh, you know, with the NFT Go. I am. Um, I use NFT Go um, to mint um, my creations. Um, like. I'm at the stage where I'm drawing my own work on digital art. Now, even if you go back even a bit further there, Tom, some people think that drawing digitally is an artwork, do you know? So like, and you're looking at them going, oh, but it is, do you know? Like for someone to make a GIF even, that's creative mind. And yes, everyone has a right and ownership and stuff like that. But as I said, you got that idea probably from somewhere else, you know, it's just, you don't actually know where you got it from. So like AI is, as I said, it's artificial intelligence. It's in the name, you know, it's not sentient. It does not have our feelings. Not yet anyway. Do you know, it doesn't have any of that yet. So I just think it should be you know, instead of people going, oh, ban this, ban this, or we're not going to employ people because they have AI on their portfolio. It's just, no, you should be employing people who are experimenting in different avenues because before you know it, you're behind, do you know? So that's the way I just see it, I suppose. Yeah, really well said. And um, unfortunately, and all we, we, I could talk all day about this, yeah. but I could discover it, but uh, we have a time constraint. So I'm going to yeah. end with our last question is if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have that you could pass on to others what would it be um i suppose the ability to stop and ask why always ask why do you know because um everyone you know posts things up on social media and everyone rants and goes has a rant and no one seems to stop anymore and ask why so to do that and before and to be mindful as well of other people and their thoughts and feelings and their situations um i i'd like if people you know took that a bit a bit of humanities and ethics out there right in the digital or whatever you're doing and um and i and i think if you could bottle that up a small bit and just you know pass it on that'd be great well said pretty well said I know if anyone wants to reach out to you or get in touch with you, how can they? Um, well, I have a few websites, but anorobryan.com is probably the best one. That's about my learnings and my teachings, and that's where you can contact me as well. And um, then I have, obviously, Creative Assets um, as well. But anorobryan.com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Yeah, I'd suggest everyone listening to definitely check out Anor's work. It's very good. Thanks. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and thank you, Anor, for being on the show. Thank you, Tom. Thanks very much.